Hello, everyone, and welcome to HR Works, the podcast for HR professionals. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to join us. I'm the host of HR Works, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. This podcast aims to put valuable tools and knowledge into the hands and ears of you, the HR professional, and those tools will arm you with the best methods and strategies for attracting, motivating, and retaining top talent. A recent McKinsey report found that 100 million workers across the globe will need to find new jobs by 2030. That comes to about 17 million Americans that will be transitioning to a new career over that time period. However, an Amazon Commission Accenture report found that 33 million low-income Americans could be upskilled for emerging jobs with the right training. And for this reason, Amazon recently announced that they are committed to training 29 million people across the globe for free in in-demand skills. We are pleased to have with us today Maureen Lonergan, Director of Worldwide Training and Certifications at AWS, Amazon Web Services. Maureen leads a team of builders committed to training the next generation of diverse cloud talent. She empowers AWS customers, partners, and employees to gain the skills and knowledge needed to leverage the power of the AWS cloud. Maureen launched AWS Training and Certification in 2012 with the vision of delivering new training and certification programs to meet learners where they are and to rapidly proliferate cloud skills. Her team has built a robust portfolio of flexible training offerings alongside an industry-leading certification program and continues to deliver innovative cloud learning opportunities. Education programs from Training and Certification, AWS Academy, and AWS Restart are building a pipeline of cloud talent to meet the demands of the future. Maureen, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Thanks for having me. It is my pleasure. Um, Let's just jump right in. Why, in your opinion, is there a need for such training amongst uh, at least the American workforce? Well, I think you just provided some really good statistics, right? (laughs) The the technology is changing fast and there is a tremendous cloud skills gap today and, and, and that's only growing every day. And so... Um, we at AWS believe that, um, you know, that we have an op- a real opportunity to not only train um, our customers and partners, but also train the workforce for the future. And what role would you say, if any, that the pandemic has played in developing this need? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, people are losing their jobs. Women are disproportionately impacted uh, by the pandemic. Um, and I think, you know, we we as an organization have had to really pivot our business um, and think of new ways to train people because we used to train people in person. But the beauty of what has happened is we've moved a lot of our training to digital and virtual instructor-led training. All of our certifications are also delivered virtually. What this has allowed us to do is um, reach audiences that we wouldn't have reached prior, right? And so last yeah. year, we had an amazing year where we trained w- way more people than we thought we were going to. That's a really good point. The digital learning has really picked up. Do you have any sense of, you know, you say you're able to reach more people. Do you have any sense of uh, how effective it is compared to in-person training? Because I know that was the gold standard for a long time. Yeah, well, we, I, you know, I think it's, it, it depends on how you like to learn, right? Every learner is different. And certainly we're seeing, you know, the younger generation come out and they're used to watching things on YouTube or, you know, getting their information consumed in a much quicker way. So I think it's a, I actually think it's a blend of both and virtual instructor led training allows us to, to still provide a live instructor and lab environment. So I think it's a bit of both, but um, we are working diligently to make sure that we have 
um, hands-on keyboard experience, even if it is digital. So um, I, I think it's going to transition. It'll be interesting to see what happens. People keep asking me, you know, do you think it'll ever go back to instructor-led training? And I, 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 you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but I think it'll be a blend of both. I think some people like me, I still prefer classroom training. I like the engagement with the instructor, but certainly we are seeing um, digital consumption and virtual ILT consumption, you know, uh, increase. You know, I mean, I guess one of the benefits is as that increases, you'll just get more and more data. You'll be able to fine tune, you know, how it works and what works and what doesn't, right? Yeah, we look at that all the time, right? We have more than 500 free training courses that are available on our platform. And you can start to see, um, you know, as the, as our um, customers get more sophisticated, they start to trend towards more technical topics. Um, but there's also this huge new workforce or people transitioning from traditional IT, um, you know, database administrators, networking people, uh, individuals into more cloud-based jobs. And so um, it's it's a blend of both. I want to talk about the, so specifically this training that you guys are, are aiming to, to provide is about cloud computing, not other yes. topics, right? Yes. Why cloud computing? Uh, well, for, for me, I work for AWS, we're the you know, the <laughs> AWS cloud provider. Um, I, and I would say actually, I, I, that's actually we do do some um, coding skills. It depends on the program. So I would say mostly for our customers, we do AWS services, solutions, training. But in some of our education programs like um, AWS Restart, we do do coding, fundamental coding classes and networking classes. And we're trying to, you know, familiarize the students um, that are coming into cloud roles with um, the kind of the foundations of tech. And, and so those are components of it as well. One of the most interesting things about um, the program you guys are rolling out is that it's free and for anybody. Can you yes. talk about the impetus behind that? Well, I think we're uniquely positioned. We have a team of amazing builders. We have amazing technology. We have a platform that allows us to provide training to anybody that wants it. And I mean, for me, it's it's my personal passion. I've traveled a lot and I've been to you know, emerging countries where people don't have access to education or, you know, or kids even in the U.S. that don't have access to um, or can't afford to go to college, right? So to me, it's like we we should and we should be providing that training to anybody who wants it. And in, in the long term, it really only helps, you know, helps individuals grow. It helps the economy, helps our customers. Can you talk a little bit more about the overall benefits to, you know, society, you know, why, why does it help, help the economy? Well, I think your P, you know, the technology jobs are, are, are more highly paid than, you know, we've seen uh, baristas in our, our program or, um, you know, we have a great story about this great guy, Jared Gaines, who uh, had a, a athletic business, a fitness business, and he, um, during COVID was going to open a gym and then had to pivot and ended up in our program. So, you know, and I just actually got off a call with him and his, his life has been changed and, and, and he's, you know, making more money and, and any able to, you know, follow his dreams. So I think, um, I think it just, you know, there are a lot of people that 
are in low paying jobs um, that didn't have access to education. And I firmly believe that if we can reach a subset of the, those audiences and help them with their skill set, you know, they'll get better jobs, which will help the economy. Are you envisioning cooperating or coordinating with uh, organizations to upskill their employees? Or is this sort of aimed at just sort of anyone that wants to wants to come along? Yeah, we have a bunch of great partnerships across the globe, actually. Um, Europe, uh, we've been doing with a, a bunch of different partnering companies, and especially with the Restart program, where they help us to source um, candidates for the program. We give them the training, and then they help them um, secure jobs. So we're continuing to grow that program and those partnerships. One of the things that I was thinking about a lot when I was thinking about this interview was, you know, we our audience is HR experts and professionals. And one of the most, one of the things we've been talking about lately is looking at digital literacy as sort of your main, your main way of organizing your workers, at least from the, the perspective of, how do I put it? Looking, you know, some, it used to be, we look at people's generation, we look at what school they go to. And really it's become clear that Without digital literacy, there's no movement forward. Yeah. And so that's become kind of the new currency, really. So I'm wondering, uh, for, for the workplace, I'm wondering how it is that you see, you know, the, like training like you're offering, benefiting employees. You know, is it like you, you, you people want to do these jobs, take this training and then leave to work somewhere else? Or do you see value to giving people cloud computing training in, in roles other than, I guess, IT, yeah. just sort of for anybody to excel within their organization? Yeah, we actually, uh, with a lot of our customers today, we, um, we work with them. And when I go in and talk to you know, executives or HR professionals, I, you know, we, we call it cloud fluency, right? But what, we, what we're talking to them about is really you should be bringing everybody along, right? And we've had companies bring marketing and finance teams and, you know, just anyone. We go in and we do hundreds of people at a time and just get them the base level cloud knowledge. Um, and then from there, we start to look at their technical populations and build out training plans. Um, I think it's important because finance people need to understand how cloud, you know, the, the cost implications of cloud and how to apply it, at, um, the financial models um, from a marketing perspective, they need to understand from digital, you know, how they can leverage the cloud to power what they're working on. And, um, and the companies that we're working with in a big scale, we have this program called Skills Guild. It's an amazing program because what it does is we we go in and we say, okay, we're going to train everybody in your organization and get them cloud fluent. And then we're going to take the subset of the IT jobs, look at them and train them when when you guys are doing your migrations. And um, and then we're also going to help you with your your. Um, many of us work with the HR departments to say, what do your your job roles look like? What does your career pathing look like? Um, because a lot of companies, because the talent is so challenging to recruit for, we're trying to work with companies to make sure that they're building a culture of learning and uh, retention. And, and we're seeing really good results with that with some of our customers. Can you talk a little bit about those results? Yeah, I mean, I, I could use, um, you know, we've done it with um, uh, National Australia Bank. It's a great example. We worked with them. They were doing a massive cloud migration, wanted to bring everyone 
kind of across the board. They were in, you know, in uh, in Australia, it's a smaller market and competitive for talent and banking, not the most, you know, not the, I guess, sexiest job or, you know, industry to go into. <laughs> and so they were really having trouble getting the, um, getting the talent. And so we worked with them to, to do even PR announcements about how they were going to invest in their employees, what they were going to build. And they built these communities and paid for all their certifications and got them training. And, and, and within these communities, you know, help to recruit more people into tech within their own organization. And now they're, they've seen their attrition drop, um, significantly, um, and they've seen, and now they're seen as a, a really good employer that invests in its employees. And I think a lot of companies need to start thinking about that. The tech talent isn't going to, the challenges in hiring isn't going to go away. And I think it does start a lot with the HR department really helping to advise, you know, the business leaders on how they should be thinking about talent. It's a really interesting concept. It's something that took me a little while to wrap my head around. I'm not sure I entirely still understand. Um how would you, how do you, I guess, sell this? And I, I don't mean necessarily price points to HR as something that they need for their workforce. Yeah, it's a difficult conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It's a difficult conversation <laughs> because I think it's such a shift in the way that, you know, most HR departments have had to think about tech talent, right? It, it just, it's changed a lot over the last couple of years. And to me, it's like, I always say you should use that as your design point. If you're, you know, most companies are using some form of technology, right? And they should be thinking about, you know, what are the costs of attrition? What's the cost of recruitment? How do they think about what kind of environment? The reality is people in tech like to continuously learn and technology is shit. I mean, it's not like years ago where you would release a piece of software and it'd be good for three years, right? We release stuff every day at AWS, right? And so people, companies moving to the cloud need to really think about, you know, how, how do they think about tech? How do they think about their tech employees? And it's not even just cloud, it's all the technologies, you know, across that companies are implementing. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I'm a, I'm a millennial, um, the top, an older millennial. And one of the, th we got a lot of flack and heat from the older generations about, uh, we jump from job to job and, uh, we don't have any loyalty, you know, and I, my counterpoint was always, well, you have to stay relevant because our skills go obsolete so quickly. I can't yep. afford to stay. If yep. I'm not advancing in my job, yep. I have to go somewhere else or yep. else I become almost unemployable. And I think that's becoming understood a little bit more, but I still see that, that old way of thinking out there. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's like, you have to, we always say we have this great leadership principle at Amazon. It's called learn and be curious. And even in my own team, I have, we have no meeting Fridays. Right. And my, my mm. design point with that is really like, give the people, give your team time to think and innovate and practice and, you know, have time and space to, to build their skill sets the way that they see fit. I think that's the other thing too, right? It's like, you have to really be kind of in touch with the culture of the company and how, um, what the tech audiences really want and need. And, you know, these National Australia Bank did this, uh, Korean Air, a bunch of companies that we, that we work with really provided, um, 
kind of lunch and learns and community-based things. And we're really recognizing their employees for the advancement that they were taking on themselves from training and certification. I think that's so important um, in the workforce today. Because I think you're right. People, if they're stagnant, if they're stagnant in tech, they're not going to, with especially with technology moving so fast, they're not going to stay. They just won't. No, it's a terrifying prospect to be to turn around and find that you just don't have the skills that you need anymore. Um, I mean, my job's not that technical, but I worry about that. I would say the other thing too is like I, I because there is such this huge gap. A lot of the companies that I'm working with are looking at modernizing their skill set, and they need to really think about what that means. A lot of people have been in these roles for a very long time and tech is changing and they need to make it um, easy, right? And and be thoughtful about how they're pulling programs because people get nervous when their jobs change. People, you know, it's, it's moving fast. So I think companies that, um, Kmart Australia Group did a brilliant job. They were moving to the the cloud and had, you know, employees that had been with them for 40 years doing traditional IT roles. And they really brought the whole organization along and provided a lot of training and really, um, again, with communities and stuff. And I talked to um, their CTO, Michael Fig, and he said to me, you know, it's interesting if we had done this 10 years ago, I wonder the innovation that we would have gotten, right? Because if you allow for people to learn, he said the things that the progress that they had made as an organization was so significant in the year that they started to invest. So I think there's a lot of cool companies um, in more traditional space compliance uh, you know, spaces that are, are really doing some cool things. And, and by doing that, it allows the organization to innovate and optimize their, on their investment. It's very interesting. Um, can you, is there a, a place here for people that are in non-technical roles to get value out of this within their organization? Yeah, for sure. Right. I think it, de- it depends on, on the role, but, you know, we're seeing, we're working with a lot of organizations that have, um, diversity goals, right, and and making sure that we're providing training um, to people that are in non-tech roles and trying to move them along the uh, along the space into into tech roles. But even if you're not, again, I you know I think I said this earlier, but really, you know, having an understanding of cloud and the technology and how it can help you innovate helps you with the conversations that you're having with other organizations. So within your own company. Maureen, you're an incredibly efficient answerer. Has anyone ever told oh, you sorry. that? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I blew through all my questions. Um, <laughs> it's only we're only 20 minutes into this, um, but it's you know it's not like we're missing we're missing stuff or leaving stuff on the table. Or are we? What are we leaving yeah, on the table? Yeah, maybe we or... should talk a little bit about you know one of the things that we're doing as a, a company is I said this earlier, but like focusing on the workforce, the future, right? That's, that's where I spend my time a lot. This, you know, we have education programs, but we put our content into universities. So we're working, you know, making sure that we want the universities to have the best content that they can have in certifications. And we're working with companies to partner with those universities, right? So if you have, if you're recruiting out of a, a particular university, um, we, we work with the company to say what universities are they and we're going to try and approach them about providing um, our courseware into their 
into their curriculum so that when, such that when they graduate, they have some of the skills that they need. Um, I already talked about our restart program where we're going out to underserved communities and military veterans and, uh, and, and parents transitioning back into the workforce after having been home for a long time. We really look um, at anybody as an opportunity. I don't like to think about, I think the, um, you know, not everybody has access. I say this all the time. My niece goes to Fordham and Fordham is a very expensive school. And the reality is she wouldn't be there if she hadn't gotten a scholarship, right? But there's a lot yeah. of other kids that didn't have that, weren't fortunate enough to get scholarships and can't get that education. And I, so we really look at anybody as an opportunity. Um, I really want to focus on helping communities that that can't have that don't have access to tech. Um, this year, we're also working on K through 12 programs, so we'll be doing a hmm. lot in that because right now I'm not thinking about today or tomorrow or even five years from now. I'm really looking at what what will the industry need in 10 years. 10 years is a long time. <laughs> I may be retired. I am not a millennial. <laughs> ah, man, that'd be nice. Retirement. I think about that all the time. I don't even know if that'll ever happen. Um, it's, I really like the idea of the potential for reaching a diverse group of people, you know, for it being for anybody. That's really essential. There's so many amazing groups of talent out there that are overlooked because they don't fit into a traditional model yeah. or a traditional role. You know, yeah. I, I did a piece on military veterans and military spouses not too long ago. Military spouse unemployment rates are ludicrously low. I mean, or uh, high, sorry. Their rates of employment are ludicrously low. And it's not like they, you know, don't have skills and, and abilities or they can't be trained. It's just that people see, ah, well, you move around every two years. Well, that's a great thing about cloud, right? And we've we've seen that this year. Everybody can do their job remotely, right? Everybody's doing it. It's going to be. I will. I do think it's going to be an interesting trend going back into, um, you know, post pandemic to see how jobs have changed and, you know, where people, where people, where companies are recruiting from and what skills do they need. It's almost, um, in some ways, it's such an opportunity for us to say, here's a population of people that are transient and because of their spouse and, but they still, you know, add so much value and, and could contribute and add, um, you know, we just need to give them the skills to do it. Right. And so, yeah, uh, we work a lot with military veterans and, um, and organizations there as well. So I think, um, you know, I happen to have a, a lot of veterans on my team, which is awesome. We have, and, um, I, I find it, um, they're incredible, you know, incredibly focused and structured. And it's just, yeah. it's a pleasure to, it's a huge pipeline that we should really, that any company, quite frankly, should really be looking at. We talk about it somewhat frequently and we just never seem to get much traction on it, which is upsetting to me because, and by traction, I mean, those articles don't perform very well. Yeah. Um, that content doesn't do as well. I don't know if it's just that people have already heard it and they're trying. That's the positive me looking yeah. at it. Yeah. But it seems like everyone's decided like, well, they're just they're just not going to work, so we're not going to try. And it's short-sighted and unfortunate. You know, every vet I've ever met has been extremely dedicated and hardworking. I mean, yeah. it's the military, right? That's what it's all about. I think we need to be... Um... I think companies need to be super intentional and that goes for everything, right? Diversity and how you build your workforce and, 
you have to, you know, on my team, we, we really, our design point for all of our programs is diversity. Who do we hire? How do we hire? How do we build diverse? We want to build products that look like our audiences, right? Or that are consumed by our audiences. And so, but it's, it's not enough to just do for me to have that for my goals, right? I got to do that with our customers. And I think customers are really interested in it as well. I think, I think the big thing is about being intentional and putting programs and frameworks together and holding people accountable and going, because it's not, I mean, the one thing I would say is, you know, some things are, are, you know, it's an investment, um, but it's short term if you think that that's not going to be a long term benefit, in my opinion. Especially when you're talking about this kind of training and just developing employees in general leads to, you know, longer retention rates. And that's a huge cost yeah. over turnover is a huge cost. Anything you can do to lower that is vital. I did like the idea of having kids get out of college with skills they can actually use. Yeah. Cause that's, that didn't happen to me. <laughs> it did not happen to me either. <laughs> I did. I graduated with a communications degree and ended up in a tech role, but it was a, it was a windy road for me for sure. Me too. I mean, I worked data entry while I was getting my master's degree in literature. I got my first role at this company, not because of my degree. In fact, I had to argue that I was still hireable, even though I had a master's degree, um, because of the data entry work I did while I was getting my, <laughs> getting my degree. And then I switched over to editing, which is what I studied. Yeah. And if that isn't ridiculous, I don't know what is, <laughs> you know, they always wanted to see examples, you know, what's your writing sales? So um, I just got started. You know, my example, yeah. I don't have example. You want to read my thesis? I mean, I could yeah. give you that. <laughs> I think seven people have read it. You could be the eighth. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's just this. And that's just emblematic. I mean, that's my experience. It's not everybody, but it's emblematic. There's a lot that is that really needs to be upgraded in the way that employers yeah. look at talent. I mean, for one thing, I know we all still use the resumes, but resumes are garbage. Yeah. They don't tell you anything. They tell you how good someone is at filling out a form. And they're not even universal. There's no universal like this is what you do on a resume. This is what you don't do. A lot of that is down to the individual who who's looking at those resumes. And, you know, you got interviews. If it's an in-person interview, someone's nervous. You might just have let the most talented person you've ever met walk out the door because they don't have social skills. Yeah. I think you have to be as a recruit. I mean, it's that's the other thing. It's like when I work with... Um, with my recruiting team, I'm, you know, I want to see all the resumes. I want to see, you know, cause sometimes you can see something from a talent perspective, you know, um, or you certainly, um, mm. want like different, yeah, I think, um, we, it's, it's, again, you have to be very intentional about how you approach the recruiting process such that you can bring in the right skill set, a diverse set of skill set and perspectives into the business. Absolutely. I totally agree. Well, Maureen, that's about all the time that we have today, but uh, I really do appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, Listeners, we're always interested in what suggestions you might have for what HR Works should cover next. Please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at HR Works Podcast. With any thoughts or concerns you have about the podcast in general, or if you just want to say hello, uh, remember we are now also available on um, Spotify and Audible. So... And check us out wherever you'd like. Thanks so much for listening. This is Jim Davis with HR Works.